Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to be, so every week we try to make it a little friendlier, a little more fun. I play a game with one guest who is guaranteed to win because they're the only contestant. Throughout the course of playing the game that I have invented for my guest, I will assign them points based on how much their answers cheer me up and delight me specifically. Then, at the end, the winner, and I cannot say this enough, only contestant, receives a $100 donation to the charity or aid cause of their choice, and we each give a pep talk to cheer up someone or a group or something that we think might need a little, uh, you know, just some kind words this week, because this isn't all about me, it's just mostly about me. Today's guest is one of my favorite comedians and writers. He is a writer for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and his new podcast, A Good Cry, just launched with the aforementioned Stephen Colbert as the first guest. Plus, if you're listening to this right when it comes out, he has a live show. He's doing his solo show, Sorry for Your Loss, at Caveat in New York City on October 23rd. Welcome to the show, Michael Cruz Kane. Michael, thank you for being here. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> thank you for having me. I am glad that you knew we don't do a lot in the way of kind of intro sound effects. We're not doing a lot of air <laughs> horns. So if you want them, yeah. you're welcome to it, but you do have to provide them on your own. Yeah, I have a guy come in and do those pew, pew, pews, <laughs> and then he leaves. I can't afford to keep him for the entire recording. He just comes into the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, wow. This is already kind of an unimaginable luxury to me. So I'm delighted that we're <laughs> that we're off and running with such kind of high production value. Thank you for having me, Josh. This is I'm so excited to to be here on the internet with you. Thank you for being here on the internet with me. Well, let's jump into today's game. Today's game is called Good Grief. Michael, your new podcast, A Good Cry, is about the experience of grief in all its many forms. So today, I will ask you questions about the best way to grieve. As always, I will judge your answers based on accuracy, creativity, and how much they delight me specifically. Michael Cruz Kane, are you ready to play Good Grief? I am. I am. And I'm, may I say just before we go that I, I like the criteria on which I'm being judged. Okay. Especially if they include creativity because I am not an expert on this subject at all. I'm just a lunatic who likes to talk about it. Here we go. Can I say here we go? Probably not. I, you have to probably say it. You can say here we go. Here we go. Okay, Michael says we've started. <laughs> we've begun. Michael, first question. What is the best public place to cry? Okay, great question. My answer to that would be every place. Every place. Every place is good. Every place is good. I'm pro-crying. I think everybody should be doing it all the time because mm -hmm. there's so many times when you want to and you're like, let me, I got to hold this in. And then you don't do it. Then you, you know, and then you're, you're banking all these tears for later. And, and, and then it's like, well, it's too much now. Now I'm overwhelmed. Yes, and they're gonna they're gonna come out at a weird time where you just yeah. you're like oh, Ted Lasso puts people in such good places to succeed, and then you start crying over that. And you're like, <laughs> that's exactly that's, that's exactly not even a real right. guy. <laughs> yeah, or you're like at the dentist, and he you know asks you some totally innocuous banal question, and suddenly you're sobbing, and you're like, oh, this is from something a month ago. <laughs> I'm so sorry that it's happening thing. now. <laughs> I love the idea that any place is an okay place to cry. What are your ideal physical circumstances for crying? Are you sitting? Are you standing? Are you lying down? Ooh, great question. Uh, okay, so let me say this. I don't cry, just to, to, to clear the, to be candid. Yes. I don't cry as, I don't cry all the time. I'm not crying like 100% of the time. Okay. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is when I feel as though I have to cry, I'm, I, I often hold it in, but I wish that I didn't. I wish that nobody did. I wish it was normal to just be like, oh, can we actually just, 
can we pause this um, MRI for one second? I'm just going to cry. Yeah, I just and then need we a moment. Do more scanning or whatever mm-hmm. MRIs are. Um, so physical circumstances, I guess if I could choose anything, it would be lying face down in my bed. That's <laughs> like, that's down. my favorite place. Okay. Yeah, just completely face down. Like, uh, I want the blanket over me. I want darkness. And then I want the, the crying to happen that way. That's not a public place, though. Have I violated the the spirit of the question? Right. No, because a public cry, right, you kind of are hampered by the circumstances. Because I think to cry in public, it's like, of course, I need a moment. I'm I'm overcome with emotion. But to bring a blanket, lie face down where you are, cover yourself with that blanket, <laughs> that does feel <laughs> disruptive to most things that you'd be interrupting. Uh, yeah, I think com- that's probably true. A commute, a softball game. <laughs> Etc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some other kids bar mitzvah. I <laughs> I like okay, public cry. Let me let me go back to the question with a maybe a better answer that's more plausible for people. No, that's okay. Is is uh, I like a community cry. So like watching a piece of theater or oh, sure. uh, a movie. I love a group cry. I love that feeling where like none we're all looking forward, especially if we were just laughing. If we were just laughing. Yeah. And then ooh, they hit us within the heartstrings and then we're all like okay, we're well, none of us is going to turn, but we acknowledge by the change in our like the change in the tension in the room. Yep. We all know that every person in here is crying right now. That's that's great. a great. That is a, that's great, a great time public cry. Yeah. Um, outstanding answer. This answer is worth 702 points. Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay, great. Huge answer. Next question. What is the best music or your favorite music to listen to when you're sad? Oof. I, here's, here are some songs that I really like, and all of them are corny for sadness. That's okay. I like that song, Hallelujah. You know the secret sure. chord? Yep. Please the Lord song? Yes. I love, I love that one for crying. I love... The song about the the song about the dead kid from the Hamilton soundtrack. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do. Spoiler: Dead kid in Hamilton, and that that's one of those things that it will. I mean, obliterate me. Like that's that's a public crying song. Where like if I'm listening to the Hamilton soundtrack, which I still do, sure, deal with it. Mm-hmm. If I'm listening to it on the subway and I know that song is coming, I am like, these people are going to see me crying. It's going to be a thing that these people see me do. And uh, so that's that's a that's like if you want sort of a, a full, rich, long cry. <laughs> yeah, the Dead Kids song from Hamilton will really will really take you there. Uh, are there any other songs that I like to listen to? Oh, and there's also this Sufjan Stevens song, and I don't even know what it's called, so I can't, I can't, I can't um, be more explicit than that about the name of the song. It's like, um, oh, the the Sufjan Stevens song is called "The Only Thing." I looked it up. Oh yeah, and Sufjan has so many that it'll, it could be about like the the urban planning in Skokie, Illinois. <laughs> but it's going to be about like someone who died while laying a road, and then his family <laughs> would have to take a horse and carriage by his grave every day on the roads that he built. And you're just like Sufjan, you've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. That's the only Sufjan Stevens song that I know. I mean, maybe I've heard other songs mm-hmm. and just didn't know that they belong to him. Mm-hmm. I assume that's a man. Yes. But uh, I heard this song. A friend posted a video of another friend singing this song, and I just, like, watched it once uh, on Facebook or wherever it was, yep. and I was ruined for the day. Yep. I was like, okay, well, the rest of my day is watching him sing this song over and over again now. And that's what I did. Did you bring up the Sufjan Stevens crying connection of the the 
credits, I think, of Call Me By Your Name, where Timothy Chalamet cries in front of a fireplace, just softly weeps while Sufjan Stevens plays. Josh, I have not seen Call Me By Your Name. Ooh, so well, I, spoiler I alert, at the end, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet weeps softly while a Sufjan Stevens song plays. I'm not going to tell you why. Maybe it's because nobody called them by the other guy's name. <laughs> it could be a lot of reasons. <laughs> Yeah, so that's only a half spoiler. You saved you saved at least half the spoiler. Right, uh, right. And that's good. There's two spoilers so far in this. One, Hamilton has a, a kid who dies. And yep. two, uh, Sufjan Stevens plays at the end of Call Me By Your Name. So mm-hmm. anything, we're going to be, the rest of the show will be involved spoiling things that happened around 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, 10 years ago. And we're going to give kind of mild spoilers. Like when you'll yeah, forget we won't go that- all the way. You'll forget that it's a spoiler, and then you'll watch the thing and be like, oh, I remember someone mentioned that once. (laughs) You won't be mad. It won't be like revealing the twist in an M. Night Shyamalan movie, but you will just be like, "Uh uh-huh, I wonder why they thought this was worth mentioning, that this stuck out to them. And I'm only noticing it because they said it on this podcast. Yeah, this is a non-significant moment. (laughs) This is a great answer. Lots of good songs to cry to. 200 points for each song. That's 600 points total. Wow, so we're, I'm keeping a tally. Is that okay? We're at 1302? Yeah, 1302. That's huge for me. Huge. That's big. I really want to set a record. That's what I want. Okay, well, we'll see if it happens. I think you are on an incredible pace right now. Wow, yeah. wow, that's big. Okay, yes. nervous. Next question. If you're going to, let's say, eat your feelings, to use sure. a common term, what would be your go-to feelings-inspired snack? Ooh, that would be uh, a meatball hoagie. Is that a snack? For me, it is. For me, <laughs> a meatball hoagie is a snack. I don't think the common man thinks of anything uh, any of a hoagie as a snack. But for me, I could do a couple. Something, anything with meatballs in it, I think I can eat an unlimited amount of, mm-hmm. of meatball meatball-related foods. So yes. that would be, if it had to be like something that a regular person would call a snack— it would probably be lightly salted peanut butter filled pretzels. Just trying to give you the, the, the spectrum of options there. <laughs> the, the snack drum. Yes, the, the snack, the snack drum. Sometimes you get them and they're too salty, Josh. Yeah. Some of them go too hard with the with the salt. And it's like This is mostly salt. Yes. And that's not who wants that from a peanut butter. Not me. I, I tell you one person who doesn't, and that's me. Particularly when I'm do, having my when I'm having a cry snack. You know what I mean? I, I, right. I want this is an this is an outgoing salt situation. <laughs> That's exactly right. I can't be I, I can't be replenishing at that rate. It's a uh, it's like a, <laughs> it's too much. The system won't hold. I love meatball meatball sub as a snack though. I think tonight we're recording in the evening on a Tuesday. I think tonight after we record, I might have a leftover slice of pizza as dessert. <laughs> yeah. That sounds tremendous. I mean, my house, I don't know what kind of home you grew up in, Josh, but my house was a very much like, con- we were eating full meals all day. Like from, yeah. from from morning to evening, everything was a meal. So you'd be like, it wasn't like, in my house, it wasn't like, do you want some crackers? All the crackers were around. It was like, do you want me to make you fried dough or whatever? And you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. At 2 p.m., I, I, I would eat, you know, just like, okay, whatever. We're, we're just constantly cooking meals. So I eat meals as snacks. Does I, that make sense? I think that's great. Yes. Well, because I also think, like, some people probably have, like, a meal's worth of chips 
or whatever sure. as a snack. And it's like, if you're going to have a meal's worth of stuff, you might as well have a whole tasty meal and not just like so many Skittles that your tongue is like a different texture for three days. Let me say this. I, I think that's correct. I'm, but I also want to be clear. I'm not better than that. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll eat a bag of chips <laughs> or two bags. I, I'm not, I'm no better than anyone when it comes to eating anything. If I were to think about it, if I were like, right. oh, if I'm going to eat this whole big bag of chips, I might as well have like a delicious grilled cheese sandwich. Yes. Tactically, that's the move. The move yeah. is to get yourself a meal. But I, I will often deny that I'm going to eat all those chips. I'll go, I'm not going to eat all those chips. <laughs> and then you know what? over the course of I, seven trips to the kitchen... <laughs> Oh, you go, you don't bring the bag with you. You take a, you take a fist Eventually, full, and then you go to the couch. A, there's a point at which I will get the bag, but I try to go like, I, I'm hungry for one bowl of chips. I'll have one little bowl of chips and that's what I need. And then I go, well, my, my stomach is done, but my mouth still wants more chips. And then it's <laughs> yeah. over. Yeah, to me, it's always, I bring the bag. I, I'm talking about, we're talking about the kettle. I think the brand is kettle or something. Yep. Kettle chips, I like salt and vinegar. Chip. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I can never. It's almost like they're no, they're they're tricking me with how like the bag is big, but the chips are small. Is what I'm telling yeah. myself. I'm telling myself yes. there's not a lot of chips in here. Right. I don't know. A if lot that, of air. I'm sure that's wrong. No, I it's remember a lot of Andy air. Rooney did that expose. <laughs> I'm glad to know that my my observations are in line with the cutting edge contemporary humor <laughs> of Andy Rooney. <laughs> God, whenever something new happens in society, I'm just like, oh, if only Andy Rooney were here to comment (laughs) on it. He would just have that take. Yeah. Here I am. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to say it before, but it's Andy Rooney's ghost who comes in here and does the ping, 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 ping. He does. you, And you can't afford him because he's a famous ghost. You can't afford him for the whole time. Just the amount of money it takes to contact the ghost and then to have a very specific request where he's like, why would you ask, of any ghost, why would you ask me? And just because I'm such a fan, of course. Anyway, it's a long story. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) fan of Andy Rooney. Big Andy Rooney fan. Very exciting. Oh, huge. Yeah, This this is a great answer. Meatball sub. A meal is a snack. I feel like basically anything qualifies as a life hack now. So I'm going to call a meal as a <laughs> snack a life hack. Excellent. Yeah. Um, great answer. This answer is worth 625 points. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's incredible. And that's, yeah. that's, like, that's, the, that's, that's the kind of points that I dream about. It's That's five to the fourth power, I think. Wow. Yeah. I believe you're right. 625, you said? 625. Yeah, 25, yeah. 125, 625. Yep. That's it. That's there the one. Thank you. Thank you for going on that mathematical journey with me. I love. Are you a math? Are you a math boy? Do you like the math? I was. I don't know if you if you had this experience or if you if this resonates at all with anyone listening. Even I was good at math till math got hard, and then I was just like, "Oh, this is too conceptual for me." Like I was like, I could have been Goodwill Hunting if he just did long division. <laughs> but once it, yeah, exactly. once it became stuff that's more than you can kind of like visualize, once it was like rates of rates of change and stuff, I was like, sure. Oh, this is this is beyond me. Are you a are you a math person? I uh, Josh, I identify with that so hardcore. I was excellent at math right until I think it's like Right, right in like the trigonometry range where I was like, wait, what am I this is a drawing of what now? What are we looking what are we looking at? I feel like the level at which I can do math now is like if we're, if I went to dinner with a group of people and 
the check the check comes, I go, oh, 20% is this much. And people go, wow, that was fast. And I go, it's yeah, the one math mind. thing I ever do. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What is the smallest or most unexpected thing that makes you cry? Okay, here's a crazy thing that makes me cry, and I don't think it's grief-related, but honestly, I don't know why it happens. Okay. Do you know those riddles that are like, the music stopped and then she died, and you and you have to figure out, like, I know the answer. Oh, I know yes, what yes, happened. Yes. But you have to figure it out by asking me a series of yes or no questions. Sure. When I tell those, I guess they're riddles, but they seem like there's a more specific term than that that I just don't know. When I tell those, I cry. Wow. Like, the longer it takes you to figure them out, the more that I start, like even talking about it now, my eyes are, I'm getting teary-eyed. Interesting. I have no idea why it happens. It's like a little secret that I know yeah. that you don't know. Yep. And there's no emotional weight to it whatsoever. Right, it's it's but, a fully fictitious situation. You, The yes. characters are pretty poorly developed, but you're still like <laughs> really feeling for like, why don't you understand? The doctor's the boy's mother. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. Like there's one... The, the music stopped and then she died. The the This is a spoiler. Yes. The thing that happens in that riddle is that she is she is blindfolded and she's walking across a tightrope. Right. And someone has turned the music off. The music signifies to her that she's at the end of the tightrope. And someone turns the music off too early and she falls to her death. Yep. But why that would make me sad, I don't know. I but even now, I'm like, damn, this is fucking me up. There's death involved. <laughs> Certainly. That's true. But it's the it's like a fully fabricated death. And, Completely. And the circumstances are like, even if you were like, no, that's a true story, I'd be like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that happened to my dad. <laughs> my dad was a tightrope walker. The music my stopped and then he died. <laughs> my dad is that woman who was blindfolded and died on a tightrope. The tightrope walker was the boy's father. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, man. 100%. But I get it. It's like, but there's like tension in the room and there's like a like a longing and a striving. So it is kind of a charged situation. For a situation with zero stakes, it feels very charged. Yeah, but even there are some, even with that where they don't die, where like there's one where uh, a guy is driving, he stops, he hits the, he hits, uh, the inside of his own car, mm-hmm. he waits, and then he keeps driving. And, he, and like that one, I'm just so we don't have to do a whole podcast where I make you guess <laughs> you what that riddles? is. It's a guy who stopped at a way station and his his truck is too heavy, but the whole back of the truck is birds. So he hits the <laughs> he hits the truck to agitate the birds. They all fly, making the weight of the truck less. Now he makes weight and he keeps driving. Wow. And I swear to God, Josh, I'm like, I'm like very, I'm very close to crying. <laughs> and I have never even thought of exploring this with a therapist to be like, because it just, it never, you know, I don't ever have to do this. It's just something I right. do totally right, voluntarily. Right, right, right. You're never like, doctor, whatever I have to, you know, I'm, I'm, I work at the base of a bridge and and each car that goes by, I don't let them pass until they've answered my riddle. And every time I tell a riddle, I find it incredibly emotionally grueling. It's so weird, man. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. That is such a fascinating answer. and, And I appreciate your sharing it with me. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you eliciting it from me. This answer is worth 480 points for the number of birds in the truck that then fly up so the truck driver can make weight. 
Thank you so much. You're That's welcome. very meaningful to me. And to him, I'm sure, the, <laughs> yeah. the driver. He would, I bet he would love to hear his birds oh, shouted out. He would be thrilled to know that his story lives on. And now it's time for the final question. Oh, well. What are your go-to words of comfort for people experiencing grief or sadness? What's, what is the thing that you find most reliably comforting to people? Um, I will say that, first of all, because of my podcast about grief, I now receive, and because I've been pretty public about tragedy in my own life, mm-hmm. I now receive a pretty substantial amount of correspondence via email or DMs or whatever, people telling me, you know, something terrible that happened to them or sure. in their life or to somebody that they know. And I will say that I am still pretty bad at responding, especially because once, like, the first couple people I feel okay about, but now that it's like, you know, many, many people, I want to, I try to make every response, like, you know, unique and of that person, of of what mm-hmm. they've told me. Of course. And I find my, I, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at it. So I think, like, I can I can tell you for me when someone says sorry for your loss that feels like a very good standard response. It's not sure. glitzy, it's not glamorous, it's not gonna blow anybody's mind, but it just feels like a solid response to someone telling you that they've lost someone. For me, if it's a friend of mine, I will usually say, "Ah, oh, that fucking sucks." Yep, that's my that's my normal response to like a, a friend of mine. That's yep. how I would respond. Just to be like, I recognize that that is terrible. And then I try to, you know, gauge their vibe, but keep talking about it if they want to. That to me is the big thing. To be like, I'm not going to move on from this if you don't want to move on from it because it's your pain. So if you want to feel it a little bit longer, I'm down to feel it too or to talk about it or whatever. So it's not so much a specific word as like a mind frame of I am down to talk about this more right now as opposed to move on from it. That's so generous. I, and 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 I'm sure your friends are so lucky to have that. Friends and, and loved ones are so lucky to have you putting off that vibe in, in difficult times, right? Because I think there are sometimes people put out, put out an idea of like, well, I heard it. I'm, I said I'm sorry for your loss. And then they give it a very, I said good day, sir, <laughs> right? Like, I said I'm sorry for <laughs> yes, your loss, exactly. sir. And, and I think like to be in that space with people is like a real gift. Well, I don't think I would have known to have done that if I hadn't had tragedy in my own life. I think mm-hmm. before that, I would have been like, because I think I also would have thought people don't want to dwell on it. Like, this guy doesn't want to, like, you know, his, he just told me that his dad died. That makes him sad. He doesn't want to be more sad. Sure. Let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, have you Great. seen Cool Hand Luke or whatever? It's like, move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who wants wings? <laughs> <laughs> Ex- that's exact, exactly that's what I that. say in person or via email I say who wants yeah, wings in kind of a as if you've been possessed by a demon <laughs> yeah kind of the cadence of Al Pacino in the film The Devil's Advocate <laughs> spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't know that Al Pacino is in the film The Devil's Advocate uh, that movie is ruined for people now <laughs> um but yeah, that, that is, I think is such a wonderful response. I also think, sorry for your loss. Like, I, I think there are certain things that are cliches or, and it's like, play the hits. It's okay to say yeah. the standard thing. Like, we've we've refined the, the language down to a point sometimes that, like, saying the standard thing is okay and then leaving the door open for further conversation is, like, a very, is a very generous thing to do as well. 
that would that would be that's that's what I like when when I'm talking about my sad shit. Is yeah, that and so I, I'm all I'm just assuming I'm universalizing my own experience. But it's, it's is also, that okay? I it certainly is on this podcast for sure. But I think though that is like a universalization in a way that is like no harm done. Like, if you were like, and now we have to talk about it, that would be a little weird. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I know you want to order wings, but I want to talk more about how your mom fell down a well or whatever. <laughs> so I apologize to anyone with a mom who has fallen down a well. I just, that's just that's something I thought of. You know, uh, one listener writing in really angrily, like, why didn't you talk more about the well stuff? <laughs> nobody ever nobody ever hits my nerve like that. <laughs> Incredible answer. This answer is worth a clean 500 points. Ooh, clean 500? A Hell clean yeah. 500. Five bills, as they say. That brings us to the end of our game of Good Grief. Your final score is 2,907 points. Highest all-time score oh, in Make My Day history. God. Michael Cruz Kane, how do you feel? This is unbelievable. I mean, I'm thrilled. That's, that's what I set out. What I came to do today was win, and I achieved my goal. That so rarely happens. I, I'm ecstatic. When you said that earlier, when you were like, I really want to set some kind of record, I was like, oh, I hope it happens. And then it happened, and I feel like we're both very satisfied. You manifest it. You put it out in the world. Um, yeah, the secret is real. It works. <laughs> if there's one thing to take away from this podcast, <laughs> it is the secret is real and works. It is by the book, the secret. <laughs> As this week's champion and grand prize winner, you will receive a $100 donation to be given to the charity or cause of your choice. Where will the money be going? Um, are you familiar with the Hole in the Wall gang camp? I'm not. Uh, it's a camp for children who are seriously ill. Um, it was started by the great Paul Newman, and um, they like help kids who are sick have like real summer camp experiences. Wow. So like kids who, for example, have sickle cell anemia, they uh, keep the pool at a temperature so they can swim safely where they wouldn't be able to do that normally. Oh, that's wonderful. Or like kids who are disabled do like rock climbing and shit. It's it's an amazing place. That's so really cool. That's where I'm sending my hundo. The Hole in the Wall Gang Camp, is that what it's called? You got it. Cool. Oh, well, I'll make that information available in the show notes as well if anybody is interested in making a donation of their own. And now finally, on today's show, the pep talks. Each one of us will give a pep talk to someone or a group that we think might need it this week. I'm going to go first. We've already kind of touched on this, but I just want to to reaffirm for this group of people that it's going to be okay. And my pep talk is for someone on the verge of crying in public. Honestly, just go for it. Maybe if you're at a party or something, try to find a quiet place where you can be alone or with a friend just for your own comfort. But if you're in public public, it's not your problem who sees you cry. That's on them to learn to deal with someone having a feeling. It doesn't matter why you're crying. I mean, it matters. Your feelings matter. The reasons for them matter. But any reason is a fine reason to cry. So who cares if a bunch of people you'll never see again know that you're sad sometimes? Maybe they'll learn a lesson. Or maybe you'll help them feel more comfortable with their own emotions. You could be a hero just by sobbing on a park bench or at a restaurant or on the subway. Or maybe not. But again, that's their problem, not yours. Crying isn't embarrassing. And it's extra not embarrassing when you don't have to see the people you're crying in front of later. So really lean in and <laughs> sob in the lobby of that hotel. Be someone's weird story. Who cares? You've got more important things on your mind. Michael, the floor is yours for a pep talk. That was beautiful. I just, I like the idea of, of uh, a, a phrase I think we could coin mm -hmm. based on your pep talk yeah. is 
sobby lobby. That's a <laughs> lobby that's good for for sobbing in. I think that's wonderful. Sobby lobby? Yeah, just you pop into a lobby, you sit down, you have a little cry. This is perfect. Because if you went to one of those, like a Hyatt or something, you could cry. You could have a full emotional breakdown. The lobby is so expansive. People wouldn't even know that it so happened. So expansive. They would just be like, sir, can I give you some lemon-infused water? <laughs> that's exactly right. A, a cookie that's here for some reason. <laughs> exactly. Michael, I would love to hear your pep talk. Okay, so uh, mine, is, mine is just, it's coming off the dome, but there's a, a group of people who I really do believe need a pep talk now more than ever but also all the time, and that is parents. Parents, you've just been sending, your kids are back at school, you're at home, and now you gotta do math homework and English homework, and if you're like me, you gotta do Spanish homework and you don't speak any Spanish. And your kids are, you know, doing their best to pretend that you're helping them. <laughs> it's hard, it's very difficult being a parent. And, and I just wanna say, the thing that freed me as a parent and may free you also, is you are gonna fuck it up big time, all the time, <laughs> baby. You are gonna be bad at it. No matter what you do, 25 years from now, your kid is gonna have that thing that you did that that ruined them forever. And there's just, there's no escaping that. So just freely do your best without second guessing yourself and know that no matter what your best is, it will never be good enough. <laughs> and I, I, but I say that in a way that should, I hope, free you from this idea of being a perfect parent because there's there's no there's no way to do that your your experience and the experience of your children will be vivid and full and it will include horror and there's no way to protect them from all of it so you might as well just do your best and let that be enough Incredible pep talk. I think parents who hear this will feel very heartened and seen by that. That's, that's such a, a wonderful sentiment to, to put out there for them. This has been our show. I'm your host, Josh Gondelman. This has been Make My Day. Thank you to this week's champion, Michael Cruz Kane. Michael, where can people find you and your work, your podcast, information about live shows? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Cruz Kane, C R U Z K A Y N E. And you can find me on Instagram at the same place, at Cruz Kane. And in both those places in my bio, there's links to the shows and my podcast and all that good stuff. Excellent. If you would like to make a contribution to the Hole in the Wall Game Camp, I will make that info available. If you have your own answers to today's game of good grief, tweet them at me at, at Josh Gondelman or at Make My Day Pod. Thank you so much for listening. And that's the show. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. A five-star review really helps. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. <laughs>